Welcome to Our Global God, a new podcast brought to you by OnePlus God Ministries, who focuses on short-term missions, retreats, and teaching. Discover in this show how God is on a mission with you. Your host for Our Global God is Wayne DeVitt, Executive Director and Founder of OnePlus God Ministries. Friends, I'm so excited. Uh, We have this incredible series that we're going to share with you about. Our God is a global God with a mission star. And um, today with me, I, I have Angie here with Shine FM, and so I'm just going to let her introduce herself. I'm so excited that we're doing this first podcast together. That's awesome, Angie. You know, I, I'm, I find myself voicing a lot of different podcasts, but that's okay, because this one is really close to my heart. So I work here at Shine FM. I'm the operations director, and I also do the morning show, but I recently went on a trip with One Plus God Ministries. So I, I'm totally in. I'm totally in with everything that you guys do. Awesome, Angie, and it was uh, such an incredibly blessed time. Um, we we joked about it a little bit, but while we were on that um, safari, <laughs> we, you know, on our trips, usually there's one day that we just do something fun, and um, in South Africa, of course, the fun day is a safari, and um, we have seen on this safari things that I have not seen in the 50 years, or I'm 51 now, I guess. <laughs> And um, Angie was in in our safari vehicle, and she said, "Well, it's because I'm blessed and highly favored." That's right. So um, I said, "Well, I'm so glad when I'm sitting in the in the glory <laughs> of uh, of this highly favored and blessed child of God, because uh, I saw things in the Kruger National Park that I've never seen before." So, but uh, my point was that you all are just as blessed and highly favored. So ask God for the animals you want to see, and you know they started doing it, and we saw those animals. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I must tell you guys, it was so incredibly blessed. So please know that when you go on a trip with One Plus God to South Africa, there's a safari day included in that. <laughs> Not sure if we will always yeah. see the big five in like four and a half hours, yeah. I think, <laughs> which is just absolutely amazing. But um, yeah, we, we serve an incredible God, yeah. um, truly a global God. And I think when you go around the globe, you just start to experience God from, you know, different perspectives and it just molds your faith. And um, yeah, and so when we talk about this theme today of our God is a global God with a mission heart, for me, it is so incredibly important to understand that um, God's mission with pursuing the lost and the broken heart that did not start with Jesus it started right from the beginning. It started right from creation. It, it was God's heart, you know, since the beginning of time. Of course, and I don't want to sound like I'm downplaying it or um, sound like as if Jesus is, you know, not that important. Of course, Jesus is incredibly important. Um, Jesus was the way in which God helped us to really, really get it, to show us how missions is done, and of course make a way for us um, to find salvation in him. So not downplaying that one bit. In fact, uh, before the end of the show, we will we will end with Jesus, but it begins right from the beginning. You know, you have Adam and Eve there in the garden, and um, God says, this is, this is how you're supposed to live. You don't, you, you will die. And, um, and, and then, of course, you know, Adam and Eve messes up and sin. And what is supposed to happen? What is supposed to happen, right? It would be totally fair. It would be totally okay if God would stay in heaven 
and Adam and Eve, they've sinned. What's a punishment for sin? Death. And they, and they die. And, um, and I think with, with everything that we experience with the beautiful creation of God in, in South Africa, Angie, I'm, I'm pretty sure our God is a creator God, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what was one of the things that you saw that God created that was just like, oh my goodness gracious, just look at this. I mean, every one of them, but the rhinoceroses that were like right there next yeah. to the truck. Yeah, we could I mean, almost spit on them. <laughs> I kept saying the lion when the lion was right there. Yeah. I just wanted to pet him, but right. you know, you just yeah. don't do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yep, yeah, you might lose your hand. So <laughs> we, yeah. let's not do that. Let's just take a picture. But so, so God, God can create. Yeah. Right. So, so Adam and Eve would collapse. They did. And what could God do? That would just be the end of it, right? Yeah, that and just be. start over. Right. Like, oops, that was a mess. <laughs> let me just start over. Let me just create a new pot. Right. You know, he's the potter, right? So let me just create something new and start again. What does, what does God do? Immediately we read that God goes and he finds Adam. He pursues Adam. Mm-hmm. and says, Adam, where, where are you? You know, what, what, did, what, what did you do? Of, of course God knew, right? Uh, God is not surprised by what Adam did. God does not need to be informed by Adam. God knows what Adam did, but still goes to Adam. And then God, you know, Adam says, well, I'm, I'm naked, I'm hiding. Yeah. <laughs> and then God, what does God do? Well, glad you realize you're naked. And um, that's how you were created. And that's how you're going to die. So I just wanted to come and tell you, you messed up. Wanted to look you in the eye and, you know, when you're... That's not how <laughs> with, it happened. With, with your birthday <laughs> clothes. And, um, and this, is, this is the end. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's not what God does. No, that's not. M- makes, you know, helps him to get clothed. Um, of course, there's a punishment, but there's incredible grace. Yeah. And yeah. God says, I'm going to continue to journey with you. And, um, and so this is what we're going to do. So right from the very beginning, we see that our God, who's a global God, who's this cre- incredible creator that creates the rhinoceros and the lions in amazing ways and um, many other things. And when, when his children messes up, he pursues them. And then, you know, if we can jump a little bit to, um, into Genesis, just, just a tad further, of, of course, you know, people continue to mess up and there's a big flood and everything. And then um, Abram comes on the scene and we read that Abram is in, is in Haran. Abram is in a country where people serve idols. Abram most probably has no clue about God. And then God shows up in Abram's life, and say in um, Genesis 12, Abram, I want you to leave your country and your people and your father's household, and I want you to go to a land that I will show you. I want to be your God, and you need to be my people. And God starts this journey with someone who was clueless about God. And God picks him, and, and it blows my mind. I mean, Angie, you are involved in your church, right? Are yes. 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 Uh, what, a little bit or a lot? Or, uh, a worship leader and, and assisting pastor. There you go. So you, you know what we are as believers are, right? I mean, sometimes we struggle to even get it when God comes and he calls us to go, right? Right. And we go like, well, does it have to be now, Lord? Yeah. Does it, you know? <laughs> am um, I hearing you right? Uh, yeah, am I hearing you right? <laughs> uh, do I need to go there, you know? Yeah. Um, 
you know, can, can I not just stay here? <laughs> Even as believers, sometimes we struggle to, am I hearing God correctly? Is this truly God speaking to me? Is this not somebody else? You know, is this not my own ideas? Right? Is right, that true? That's exactly right. And so here we have this guy who, you know, he, he doesn't have a long history of, oh, I've seen God work there. I've seen yeah. God work there. I've, I've read the scriptures. I've, I've, I've heard from the prophets. I, I know God. This is a guy who has no clue. And God comes and he says, I want you to, I want to be your God. I want you to be my people. I want you to leave. And, and Abram, we read in verse 4, he's like, Abram left. <laughs> he just did it. He just did it. It just, just blows my mind. He, left he just, just he, a lot. He just did it. Like God had to have really showed up to him in an yes, amazing way. Absolutely. For him to just go, okay, yeah. and just did it. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, I I think we see God clearly when we have nothing else, right? It, it, no, I'm pretty sure none of the idols that Abram was surrounded with, the people living there in here and with him, I'm sure none of the idols ever spoke to Abram. Right? <laughs> no, none of them, because they don't speak. <laughs> you know, They're not a living um, God I'm, like ours. I'm sure none of them walked around, walked up to him, right? So when we have nothing, it seems that sometimes we see God clearer. Mm, that's true. And hear God clearer. You know, Corrie ten Boom, one of the believers, Christian women that I just absolutely adore, um, she and her sister and her dad living there in Holland during the Nazi period, um, hiding the Jews, and then they get caught doing that, and she goes to the concentration camp, she and her sister, um, and her sister dies, and she gets miraculously released. It was actually an administration mistake on the Nazis' part, so God chooses to release her, and then she goes and she writes her experiences and, you know, how she and her sister had stayed incredibly faithful during the time in the concentration camps. And she spoke about God and literally until her dying day. Wow. And, um, and she said many, many incredible things. But one of the things that, that Corey said was, you know, you cannot really say that Jesus is truly enough for you until you have lost everything. Until the only thing that you truly, truly have is Jesus. You really, really, really get it that Jesus can and is really enough. You know, so when there's nothing around you, absolutely nothing anymore. No loved ones, you know, um, struggle to stay alive. No hope. When, they, when everything is taken away from you, it's often a lot clearer to see Jesus. And yeah. that's why I always say, you know, people always ask me, how do, how do I see, you know, how do I see God, even through spiritual eyes, right? How do I see God? How do I hear God? How do I encounter God? How do I know this is really God? I really think all of that happens a lot easier and better and clearer when you when you just go away, when you shut down all the noise around you. Um, I know you love music, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're at a Christian radio station. I'm pretty sure you enjoy your music. But we, we need to shut down the music sometimes. We need to shut down other people's voices. Um, get to a quiet place, whether it's in your garden or whether it's in one of the nice parks in, in America or, you know, go hiking or whatever. But get away and get quiet. And it seems to me 
you know, when we get away from our staff, when we get away from noise, and I want to include there even positive noise, even people speaking positive in, into your life, even even wonderful Christian music. Please don't hear me wrong. I'm not. I don't, I don't have a problem with positive speaking people speaking into your life or you know Christian music or any of that. But um, sometimes it's also necessary to have these quiet, kind of secluded, solitary moments where whether it's in your bedroom or whether it's out on your porch on a nice summer day, not in the winter in Ohio, <laughs> yeah. um, or, <laughs> um, or, or, or somewhere in South Africa. You know, I've always said, and I wonder if you experience this, but mission trips often provide you the opportunity to be away from all the social media and internet and Wi-Fi and just be alone with God. Did you experience some of that? Yeah, I mean, every time when I got back that I went to grab my phone, the first thought was, oh, I don't have internet. Right. And then I went, oh, I'm back in the U.S. I actually do have internet. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about Corey Ten Boom that you were talking about, and and she literally lost everything. Yeah. We don't even have a an inkling of that. Because yes. even if yes. we do get away and we're absolutely quiet, I usually do a, a silent retreat every couple of years and down That's in Kentucky. That's awesome idea. Yes. Yeah, and it's down at, the, it's down at this um, monastery and. It's an absolutely beautiful place to go to, and it's quiet. It's a silent retreat. Right. And I love that because I get to recharge, but I still know that I have something to go home to. Yeah. So I can't even imagine that her statement about when you have nothing, right. that you have Jesus. We still, at nothing, what we would consider nothing, is still a lot right. that tries to steal us away from our goal of being like Jesus and with him. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, I think it's difficult for us to to come to that realization that, you know, Jesus is can really be enough for me and he mm-hmm. truly is enough for me. And, um, you know, and I, man, I would love for everybody to just truly um, every week experience experience God. And so I think we need to make that part of our lives. The silent retreats is, is an incredible idea. One of, one of um, my friend's daughters just did a silent retreat before she needs to, you know, f- kind of finish her grad school and now needs to decide, you know, what's the next phase of her life, finding a job and all of those things. I said, well, I first want a year from God mm. before I do that. But then also have those silent moments part of our lives. So, so anyways, here we have Abram, and um, and I think he could he could see God's power and hear God's call so clearly because it's just in such incredible contrast with everything else that he has experienced. And so it's like I I don't need um, kind of proof of who this God is and and what he can or cannot do. He's speaking to me. He came to me. He moves. He's alive. And Abram goes like, "I'm. if this is who God is, I'm all in. Yeah. I'm all in. Like on the spot. I am all in. And he goes and God moves him. And he, you know, the prophecies continue to unfold in Abram's life because God says um, back into Genesis 12 to, I will make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. You know, so, so God wants to bless, listen to this, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God's idea is, I'm going to move you and I'm going to bless people through you. 
So let me just move into this next. We serve a global God with a mission, sir. I think we've already seen in just this short 16 minutes that we've been talking here, God has been a missions God since Adam and Eve, since Abram. He is a missions, he's a God with a missions heart. You know, it, it did not only start with Jesus, but he's a global God too. You know, people often ask me, well, you know, um, we have this local work here and who says that I need to go? And we are somewhere in these next couple of sessions, we're going to flesh that out in, in a lot of detail. So I don't want to go there right now. But what I w would love for our listeners to, to hear is right from the first session is our God is truly a global God. Mm. Um, I, I don't know always why he does it like that. All I know is that he does. And, th and for me, that's just good enough. We are going to flesh that out a little bit more in another session. But for right now, I just want you to, to just be open to this and just to see this reality that, of course, God could have used the people in Canaan, where God called Abraham to go to what we now know as Israel or the Holy Land, there were people living there. God is not calling Abram to go to a place where it's a, you know, there's no people there. There are people there. What, what would have made sense for us, perhaps? What would have been the cheapest route, <laughs> perhaps the quickest route, the easiest route, would be to God just show up to somebody already living in Canaan. Yeah, that's you know, right. <laughs> and say, hey. You're already here. I have a cool idea. I want to bless you, and I want to use you to be a blessing to the people around you so that other people can get to know about me as well. Hmm. Is that an option? Absolutely. Is that a great option? I think it's a fantastic option. Here's the bottom line. It's not the option that God used. Hmm. That's right. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, it's an interesting question to debate with God one day in heaven. You're going to have a long time there to <laughs> ask him all these wonderful questions. All I know is that's not what God did. Yeah. So let me ask you, Angie, just, you know, and again, I don't want us to go into a long debate about it because we're going to do it later. But just humor me a little bit because I don't really know. But were there, were there some people that challenged you a little bit and say, but why, why South Africa? You know, why are you going so far? When somebody in our backyard is, is yeah, suffering. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they, they always say that to me. You know, they, they see all of the, the pictures that I post and say, we have that here in the U.S. And yeah. I say, yeah, we do. Sure. Unfortunately, yes. we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I've received that question, you know, why, why do you need to go? Like, I, I just do what God tells me to do, you know, and when God tells me to do, go, I go. And when God tells me to help somebody here, I, I do. But sometimes just God moves people. We, you know, God is on the go. He's a global God. He has children everywhere. He wants to pursue them everywhere. It's like, there, here are these people. I, I have a mission, heart. I want these people in Canaan to be reached too. And the way that I'm going to choose to do that is to call Abram, who has no idea who I am, but I'm going to call him from far, far away and move him and put him down here. And that's, that's what I'm choosing to do. You know, and, and then Jesus comes, right? And, and now we see God's mission's heart like we see it bleeding, 
right? It is so real. It's like Yuri is, I've, I've come from the moment that he's, we introduced ourselves with all of our fancy titles <laughs> at the yeah. beginning of the show. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which is so weird for me, because if you know me, you'll know that I come from a little coal mine in South Africa and titles <laughs> never meant a single thing to me. But okay, we have all these fancy titles, you and me, Angie, right? We yeah. have a, a truckload of them. <laughs> it's so weird. So, but, but um, Jesus is being introduced, right? Um, John the Baptist has the job of introducing him. Mm. And, and, and Jesus comes, and then John the Baptist says, Look, there is the Lamb of God. Mm. There's the Lamb of God is going to take away the sin of the world, right? There's the Lamb of God. He's being introduced as one that, that's going to be slaughtered. That's his title. Wow. That's how he's being introduced. Yeah. Right. So, so Jesus comes and he shows us how intense it is that when we say the God that we serve is a global God with a mission heart, is God's heart is bleeding, literally so, in the end, for how much he loves you and me and how much he wants you and me and everyone else to be saved. And he moves people around to make that happen. I don't know if it could have been done easier or cheaper or whatever, but it's not the way that God does it. He does it differently. So, um, you know, if you if you go with me to Israel every now and then, one plus God takes a tour to Israel. We're taking another one in 2021 by God's grace. And if it's his will and... You know, and so at some point you stand there on the Mount of Olives where, you know, Jesus ascends back into heaven. And um, and then Jesus stands there on, on that mount and he speaks to his disciples. And one of the very last things that he says, one of, one of the most powerful um, verses in the book of Acts, he says in 1 verse 8, he says, it's, it's not for you to know the time. Or dates a father as set by his own authority because we're wondering, you know, when is he going to come back and when is Israel going to be restored and all of these things. And then he says in verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses, my martures, the Greek word, um, in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And before we move on to that, I mean... Um, let, let's just stop for a second. You know, we have this whole coronavirus going on. And so let me just, it seems like it would almost be impossible to talk about missions and not talk about this thing that's hitting us, right, Angie? I mean, everybody's talking about that right, mm -hmm. right now. Um, and so he says, um, you will be my, my witnesses in Jerusalem. That Greek word, martyres, at the, you know, the base meaning of the word. You can hear martyr in the martyres. Do you hear that? Yeah, right? I do. Yeah. yeah. So, so in, in part of the core definition of witnesses is to lay down your life. Wow. To be ready and to be willing to lay down your life. And so people have asked me, well, are you guys going to stop traveling now? Are you, you know, do, do you think it's wise? Do you think this is still, a, you know, we, we should be witnesses, Angie. And, and if, if God calls us, this global God calls us and wants to move us, 
the question should not be, what about the coronavirus? What about the money? What about, you know, the, the need here? Um, and I'm not against the need here, and we're going to talk more about that. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I'm saying if God is calling us, then in that call, here, there, and everywhere, is included the possibility to lay down your life, right? I mean, that is the example that Jesus gave himself, right? I'm going to help the people that God created to see his mission's heart so clearly that I'm going to lay down my life so that they can get it. One Plus God Ministries makes it possible for any individual, group, or church to go on a global short-term mission trip. You say when, where, and what you want to do, and they'll make it happen. Locally, they also do retreats for business people, men, women, and couples. This nonprofit has a missions heart and wants missions to be part of your life every day, everywhere. Visit oneplusgod.org for more info. And so we are called to go and speak to and serve to the degree where laying down our life should not be part of a debate. It's part of the definition. If you say, I'm called to be a disciple, I'm called to be a witness, it is, that, that's part and parcel of the whole deal. And then he says, I want you to do this in you're right here in, in Jerusalem, the surrounding area of Judea, then a little bit further north in the country to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And thank God the disciples got that right. Thank God they got it right. Because in the hotel that, that we stay in in Jerusalem, if you look, it's kind of up on the hill on Mount Olives, and if you look down over the city, there's a big dome, a golden dome, where the temple was at. So right in the smack in the middle of Jerusalem is a Muslim mosque today. <laughs> so in other words, all of the people in Jerusalem does not even believe yet. So the task in Jerusalem is not done yet. Mm. If the disciples missed the ball, misinterpreted Jesus, and went like, oh, Jesus wants us to, to be witnesses, but let's just clean up our own house first. Let's make our global God only a local God. Is he also a God that wants to be involved in your life locally? Of course. Of course. He says start here in Jerusalem, right? So, of course. But be careful that you don't make your global God only a local God. Because he's a global God with a mission heart. If the disciples misinterpreted Jesus, they would still be busy today trying to get everybody in Jerusalem to come to faith. And you and I, we would be lost. Because the good news would not have reached us yet. So some of the disciples, like, you know, James and so on, worked with the church in Jerusalem. And some others, Jesus stops them right in their track. Saul, who became Paul. And say, you, you're the one that needs to go. And Paul and Barnabas and even Peter, um, sometimes they go out 
way out to, to Asia Minor, um, to the current Turkey. They go way out, all at the same time. Jesus does not say here, then there, then there. He says here, there, and everywhere, all at the same time. Why? Because I'm a global God, and I'm moving people the way that I want to move them. And let me close this podcast with this thought. Um, where am I from again? And South Africa. South Africa. You're my only white African-American friend. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> I always say, my mother always say, you've always been in a hurry, Vainant, um, always wanting to go somewhere. So perhaps I escaped out of heaven too soon and escaped before God had the time to paint me. Um, <laughs> um, the, the, the people in, in South Africa, you've, you've met my family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have terrible relationships with my family. They all hate me and wanted, wanted to get rid of me, right, Angie? No, it's very, quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. You think we love each other? Oh, my goodness. It's very apparent. Yeah. You, you've encountered me with some other South African people there, both both black and white. South Africa has a lot of racial tension, and that's why I throw the color in here, not, not, not for any other reason. There's a lot of racial tension in South Africa. Yes. Would you agree? Yes. Did, did you experience, you saw me in action, did you experience that the people, both black and white, kind of get along with me at least a little bit? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yet here I sit in America, Angie, um, I love my people. I, I'm under the impression my people love me. I, I, I did not do anything bad in Africa. I did not run away from Africa. Do you think God could have used me in South Africa still, Angie? And he, he did for many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet, here I said, you know, had to come here at, at great cost, um, both financially, emotionally, you know, at, at great cost. And today I'm sitting here and speaking with you in, in Ohio, America. And when God called me the first time and, um, and I said, yes, I don't know if you know this about me, but I actually resigned my job in South Africa before I had another job in America. Haven't had a clue about Ohio when I put my, my pen to paper and resigned from my job. Did not wow. even know where on earth Ohio is. <laughs> and here I am today. Could God have used me in South Africa? Of course. Um, is there people who love me there, who would have listened to me if I would continue to do ministry there? I'm, I'm, I think so. Yet, God had chosen to move me here. We serve a global God mm. who truly has a mission's heart. Um, so I pray, like you have experienced in South Africa, Angie, and with your silent retreats, I pray that our listeners will, will make that part of their lives, right? To find that quiet moment and just hear God, truly see God through spiritual eyes. And here's the challenge. If God is calling you to go, whether it's locally or globally, but if God is calling you to go, go. And, and he will not let you down. And you'll be incredibly blessed. Thank you so much for this time, Angie. It was fun having you here Thanks for today. letting me be your guest. Yeah, awesome. God bless you all. Thanks for joining us for Our Global God. We hope you have a better vision of how God is on a mission with you. Contact OnePlus God Ministries at oneplusgod.org to reserve space on our upcoming trips, join us on a retreat, or invite Wayne to come speak at your next event. oneplusgod.org The Shine FM Podcast Network.